This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 311 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Kentucky Performance Products, Riding Warehouse, and EasySignsOnline.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop I am Glenda Geek And I'm Mandy Sarah from Pueblo West, Colorado And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show On the Horse Radio Network well, howdy, everybody. Thank you for joining us here on the Stable Scoop show this week. Helena is off this week. She had some family stuff that she had to deal with, going to the airport and the like. So I invited one of our auditors and a good friend of the Horse Radio Network. Her name is Minnie Sarah. Hi, Minnie Sarah. How are you? Just fine. How are you, Glenn? Good. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. On short notice, too. <laughs> so. Yeah. A little short notice, but it's always exciting. And Minnie Sarah, that's not actually her name. That's what we call her. We call her that for two reasons. One, she is Minnie, and two, her horse is a Minnie. So they're both Minnies, and that's why we call her Minnie Sarah. That's something we started, isn't it? Didn't we start that? It, it is something you started, but it's actually stuck. Even in the hospital, they were calling me Minnie Sarah. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's funny. But, you know, you are. I mean, it fits perfectly. It's a good nickname. I guess. It's a work role with it, right? Uh, and, you know, Minnie Sarah is a driver, so, so you know, that's why we bonded early on, because I'm a driver, too, and, and she drives a cute little Minnie by the name of Taz. And Taz uh, has is unique. Tell us why Taz is unique. Well, Taz is 30 inches tall, but he is blind, and we actually do miniature court, sorry, miniature cart for shooting. And this is actually something that really is starting to take off across the country. It's pretty unique uh, right here in Colorado, though. We have quite a few of quite a few of mounted shooters, and it's basically 1800-style gear, and you shoot at balloons going as fast as you can and as safe as you can, and hope that you don't roll your cart. Now, we've talked about managed shooting a lot because, of course, Tammy, from our, our uh, who was the host of the Western Radio Show and joins us on Horses in the Morning, is a world champion mounted shooter. But you're one, of the, you're one of the rare people who actually do it from a cart driving a blind pony. That is very true. It's, uh, it's, it's been quite the experience. Last year, we actually took our first world championship, and we also took the honorary um, title of miniature horse driver and team oh wow congratulations <laughs> yeah apparently because uh they don't have anybody under four foot seven that wants to do it 
And how tall are you? You're four foot. You would you tell me four foot five? I am four foot seven and one quarter. Okay. I'm slowly shrinking, but I've hit my max. <laughs> <laughs> and you do look cute. I mean, you have a cute cute pony, and I don't know how you trained a blind pony to have all that shooting behind him. And then talk about trust. You two must have a lot of trust for the one for you to trust your blind pony to go where you say to go, and two for your pony to trust you not to run him into a brick wall. That is very true. I don't know if it's trust or arguments. I'm not sure. <laughs> if I if he thinks I'm going the wrong way, he will stop the cart, look over his shoulder with disappointment. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've had a long night of talking about it, and if he disagrees, I disagree. You know, it's one of those really bad marriages that just keeps going. But it's, it's worked out in the end for me. <laughs> He's a stubborn mini. He is. You know, a He's lot a of minis are. stubborn mini. <laughs> a lot of minis are. <laughs> That's so- very true. Some of them have attitude. I am surprised, and I've been taking a look. We've been taking a closer look at at our demographics, and especially on Facebook, of our followers and listeners on Facebook, and I'm shocked the number of them that own minis. I know. It's it's almost like a growing trend here in Colorado as well. I've turned the corner, and there's six or seven minis just sitting out there in the field staring at me. It's kind of bizarre. I think a lot of people who don't own any other horses own minis, or their own minis and other horses, but uh, there's a lot of backyard mini owners who just have them for pets. Yes, there are. Yeah. uh, Now, you use yours. You you actually put yours to work, but there's just so many that have them for pets. And I know we have a a lot of our listeners here who drive their minis, and and we have a lot of therapeutic minis out there as well. Yes. It's hard not to fall in love with minis. They just they wrap you around their little finger and you're sucked in. Now is Taz <laughs> your only mini? He is. He's he's the lucky one. So far <laughs> he's he's the only one, so he's treated like a little diva. How how old he gets is all Taz? my attention. How old is he? He just turned eight years old. Oh well he's got a lot and of time left yet. He does. <laughs> I don't know if I have that much time. He takes up a lot of my energy, man. <laughs> Well, it is so good to have you on, and, and I have to ask you, I want to get back to this. How did you train him to get used to the gunfire when you first started? Well, originally when we got him, he was 10 months old, and we had already started mounted shooting with our full-size horses. So as we were practicing, I'd fire the gun kind of closer and closer to him. He wouldn't move away, wouldn't move away. And he, at that point, still had a little tiny bit of eyesight left. But when we were all done with practice, he'd want to lick the gun. <laughs> Nobody knows why. <laughs> you see, he's very special that way. But for whatever reason, he saw that the big horses were having a blast doing it, and he thought he could do it too. And it worked out pretty well for him in the end. Well, I know he's fed well. He's happy, and you, when you see, when you watch the videos of uh, you doing you doing your rounds, you can tell that he loves his job. He just he digs in and goes. He does, and you wouldn't know from watching the videos that he's even blind. No, he's got the patterns down better than I do. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Uh, you wouldn't know that at all. I mean, he never hits anything. So it just no, he doesn't. I'm the only one that hits anything. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, pony scooter when I drive him I mean he he can see really well and he'll hit stuff so uh, you know I, I'm amazed 
And he could. He yeah, would, but he's adorable, so he can get away with it. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> he's not so good with the sounds. We think that they had started training him the way they do the hackneys to get him all fired up. Uh, oh yeah. He's not good at with loud sounds or clapping or things like that behind him. So we're we're working on desensitizing him today. Jennifer was out driving him, and I had. I had a, the boombox out there, and I was playing rap music, and you know, I was playing sounds on my phone, and I was clapping. We were trying to get him used to all that, and he's getting a little better, but he still gets all, you know, his ears go up and he jumps, and so we think that he had had. I think some, I would too. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I know. And you know, they had the blinders on; they can't see what's back there. Exactly. Exactly. Now some you don't have to worry that. about that, do you? I really don't. He likes the blinders just because it's more like sunglasses for him. <laughs> it protects his eyes. But as far as sounds behind him, he just he'll, he'll spin one ear back and forth trying to figure out where it's coming from. And then when he figures out where it's coming from, that ear will stick and the other one will be forward and we're still, still moving forward. It's like he's got a third eye back there just waiting. <laughs> Well, Sarah, we're going to talk more as the show goes on here. We have a lot of guests today. We have a full show. We have Aaron Gilmore coming up, who's the editor of Horse and Style magazine. We're going to find out more about that brand new magazine that's out there. And then we're starting a new segment to the, later in the show. It's called our Twitter Follower Highlight. You know, sometimes we forget about Twitter. Everybody's on Facebook and everything. Yet we have tens of thousands of followers on Twitter and a very active group of horse people that follow us on Twitter. And we thought we would get to meet some of them. And the first one we're going to meet is uh, Miles Underwood, who is the polo coordinator for the Norf Norfolk Polo Club in England. So we're going we're gonna to do a, our Twitter highlight on them. They just had a, a fun experience, and, and uh, we're, we're looking forward to chatting with them. And then uh, we're going to Todd Branson, who's live from the American Quarter Horse Youth Association World Show in Oklahoma City. He's the director of youth development for the AQHA. We're going to find out all about that show and a new website they have called TakeMeRiding.com. And then Minnie Sarah has picked out a product for uh, this week's Riding Warehouse Tack and Habit segment. So all of that is coming up on today's show. Believe it or not, we're going to fit it all in. And we're going to get started right now right after this uh nutrition minute from kentucky performance products we're going to get started with aaron gilmore editor of horse and style magazine this nutrition minute is brought to you by kentucky performance products the company that simplifies your search for research proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com Have you heard of a yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii? It's a type of probiotic that benefits your horse's digestive tract. Often referred to as S. boulardii, it works in several different ways. One unique property of S. boulardii is that it supports the stimulation of the enzymes found in the intestinal lining. These enzymes help your horse digest starches and sugars in the small intestine. When the sugars and starches are more completely digested, Fewer of them escape into the hindgut where they can ferment and cause imbalances that may lead to colic, diarrhea, and laminitis. Saccharomyces boulardii is found in Nalox Advanced, made by Kentucky Performance Products. Nalox Advanced contains a blend of yeast, fermentation solubles, and stomach buffers. These ingredients work together to maintain your horse's digestive tract in peak condition. 
Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of all ages and stages and is fed on a daily basis. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Welcome back to the Stable Scoop Show. It's good to talk to you again. Thank you, Glenn. Very nice to talk to you again. We've been we used to have Aaron on uh, years ago now. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that long, right. but it has been uh, for a you know for a different company you worked for, and now you're with a new magazine, fairly new, right? Fairly new. It's about three years old. It's called Horse and Style Magazine. Um, I'm the editor, and we we have a small team sort of based around the country, but it's grown very, very quickly in the last three years. So it's now my full-time gig. Well, tell us about Horse and Style. Well, Horse and Style is interesting. We really hit on a different angle. We focus on hunter jumpers, the show jumping world, a little bit of polo, but there's a really strong style and fashion angle to it. Um, The publisher, Sarah Appel, has her master's in fashion merchandising, and she uh, is a former Grand Prix writer. So she sort of took her two passions and created this magazine, and I've been with it since uh, before the first issue. And we try really hard to make content that people haven't seen before, that has a different perspective on things, and it's interesting. And, um, you know, it's working. People tell me all the time, one magazine that they pick up, and they sit down and read it cover to cover every single time. What's, what makes it different than, like, a Chronicle or something like that? Well, it's different than the Chronicle because we don't really do event coverage. It's only bi-monthly. It comes out uh, six times per year, and our newest issue just came out yesterday, actually. So it's brand new, our August, uh, let's see, it's August-September issue. And we just, uh, we, we profile people in a different way. We're not talking about recent results necessarily, we're tying in a style angle. For example, we have um, Tiffany Foster, a Canadian show jumper, on our cover of this issue. And we did a special photo shoot with her at Bruce Meadows where we took um, clothes from this fall's collection from Jules. Jules is a UK apparel company. And we did a big story on Jules and a story on Tiffany and kind of put the two together. And it makes for a really interesting, fun cover. Hmm. So, the, yeah. y- you know... Y- uh... Cut right there. I lost my train of thought totally. <laughs> Talking <laughs> about women's clothes. Probably. Went away. <laughs> yeah, see, that was it. Just uh, <laughs> three, two, one. Well, that is fun. And, you know, it. Uh, so, in other words, I should see it by the checkout at the tax shop, like at the grocery store. You see all the style? Exactly. Okay. So now, yeah. now I you know. You should. Right. <laughs> I know what um, niche although it fits we try into. and be like the more 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 Vogue Vanity Fair than People Magazine and Us Weekly, you know what I mean? All right, so it's not Cosmo. Not Cosmo, okay. definitely not. Okay. Erin, <laughs> <laughs> I, I you, but, know, you almost had me interested at the Cosmo angle, but uh, no. I'm just oh come kidding. on! <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, so, it's distributed at about 34 tax stores around the country and at a lot of big horse shows around the country, hunter-jumper shows now. And we have partnerships with a couple of big, big international shows that are coming to the country, sorry, to the United States this year for the first time. Um, we're partners with the LA Masters, the five-star 
show jumping show that's part of a trio of competitions. The other ones are in Hong Kong and Paris, and they invite the top 30 show jumpers in the world to come to these shows. So it's enormous for California and for Los Angeles. We're going to see people come to the LA Masters in September who have never competed in the U.S., definitely never competed in California. It's uh, super exciting for us. They have a million dollars on the line on that one, don't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a million dollars for um, the competitions over about three days. There's two-star competitions that more national-level riders will do, and then the big, big Grand Prix on Sunday is going to be a pretty, pretty huge class. Probably the biggest show-to-me competition that California has ever seen. Um, maybe the 80, what was it, 84 Olympics in Los Angeles or maybe comparable, but we're talking next level, so it's it's really, it's great. We're so excited about it. And I know I'm seeing in, in a lot of the mainstream publications out there that uh, that they're expecting a, an A-list crowd as far as the spectators are concerned. We're, we're not just talking horse people, but uh, they're really expecting it to be a social event. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's I think that's a lot of the reason why it's in Los Angeles, right? So you've got the whole Hollywood crowd, and uh, yeah, we can expect to see some. Real celebrities, not just horse celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, you there is a real celebrity going there that uh, I, I would love to meet sometime, because she's on my favorite TV show of all time, uh, Big Bang Theory, Kaylee Kuko. So she's going to be riding, right? I hear. Yeah, that, and that'll be interesting. Kaylee rides uh, as an amateur in L.A., and she competes. She competes at Thermal over the winter. Um, I have to say, don't kill me. I've never seen the Big Bang Theory. What? But <laughs> All right, you can't that. be on the call. She's Thank you for, uh, it's been good talking to you, Aaron, but we're never having you back. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, please tell me you've seen Big Bang. Oh, of course. See? There's nothing else to do out here but watch Big Bang Theory. <laughs> See? <laughs> <laughs> She's great. I, I read too much horse horse news and horse show jumping. I've got a one-track mind. <laughs> yeah, you really need to well, venture you go. out into geek world. That's what you need to do. Yeah. Right. Are you calling me a geek? <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually. I'm pretty sure you're the geek here, remember? <laughs> no, I would love to be. I would love to have her on the show sometime. That would be so much fun. Um, yeah, you know, I've, I've tried to get her um, in the magazine, and I couldn't get through with her Hollywood people. So maybe this will help if I see her in person. If, it's, an, if it's any consolation, I've stalked her through her Hollywood people, too, and gotten nowhere. So Okay, that yeah. makes me so much better. <laughs> yeah. You know, the thing is, when we occasionally have gotten through the, the, the people, the, the celebrity is more than happy to come on and t- finally talk about their horses with someone. Uh, right. Right. You know, they're all excited to talk about their horses, but their people are like, well, she doesn't want to talk about that. When, in fact, that's the only thing that she would really want to talk about. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, and you know what? Yeah. They're, they're in the middle of contract negotiations. She's not working right now because they postponed the recording of the show. So she should have nothing to do. Oh, see, now you really suck her. You know all about that. I know all about it. I'm telling you. Her and <laughs> Carrie Underwood. We've been trying for years to get her on the show, too, and... Nothing. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> she has nothing to do with horses, and I don't care. Uh, <laughs> come on, the sh- Carrie. You can come on the show anytime. Well, now there's another big horse show coming up that's kind of unique and not been done quite like this before, and that's in on the opposite on the other coast in New York City. Right. That's the Central Park Horse Show, and that's going to happen a week before the LA Masters, and it's definitely unique. 
They've never had a show jumping competition in, in Central Park. And it's come about a lot because um, Mark Bellissimo, who runs the Winter Equestrian Festival, where I live in Florida, he um, has gotten the support of Donald Trump in the last couple of years. And we had the Trump Invitational, I'm sure you've heard of, in January at, at Donald Trump's estate in Palm Beach Island. That, court, that kind of started this uh, partnership between the two of them. This year, Donald Trump supported the Winter Equestrian, Equestrian Festival. And um, last year, when Mark Bellissimo bought the Chronicle of Horse, he sort of moved up a level in event organization. And uh, he, he's kind of one of those guys that's always doing something new and exciting. So it makes sense that the Central Park Horse Show this September is going to happen at the Trump Rink. I guess that's an ice rink in the wintertime. Okay. And they've got quite the show planned. I'm definitely going to be there. I wouldn't miss it. Uh, Thursday, they have a Grand Prix, and it's a $200,000 FEI-sanctioned Grand Prix. The really exciting thing about it is that it's going to be broadcast live on NBC Sports at about 7.30, so it's primetime live broadcast. That, for show jumping, has never happened before. So... That's really, again, like next level for the sport. It's super exciting for the sport. I can't wait to see how that's received. And, you know, you're, you're, you're putting the sport in, in front of an absolutely mainstream audience by doing that. Um, and then I guess, you know, the next couple of days, he's got a dressage competition, a speed competition, um, a Sunday polo. So it's going to be four full days of horses in Central Park. And, you know, not carriage horses, not horses on trail rides, like real legit show horses. So, I can't again, imagine. I can't imagine logistics of getting the trailers down there and all of that stuff. That's got to be fun. Yeah, I think that they'll they'll do fine with that, you know. And, and that that happens in other horse shows around the country, like Washington D.C. Every November, it's quite the production to get horses in there. But they uh they they always pull it off, you know. They and they always pull it off quite well. So I'm excited for this. I'm I'm expecting it to just be an absolutely top notch show and. Again, something that attracts people who don't ride to our sport, which is, at the end of the day, the best thing that can happen. Yeah, that's that's what we do need. And I noticed they held the press conference at Tavern on the Green, which is not too shabby either. So, uh, Well, and when you're dealing with Donald Trump, you're, you know, <laughs> nothing's going to be too shabby. <laughs> it's not at McDonald's, no. <laughs> no, it's, it's not going to be at McDonald's. And they've got a really good charitable element tied into that, or they're going to benefit a couple of New York charities, including the... New York Mounted Police. So they, they they really put together a super interesting week in New York City. And that combined with the LA Masters on the other side of the country the very next week is gonna make for gonna make for a very busy week for me. But a really great two great events that hopefully will attract a lot of attention to the sport of show jumping. Very good. Well, we're looking forward to the coverage. And of course, you have a lot of information and a lot of uh, not only through the magazine, but on your website as well. So why don't you give that out? Yeah, we do. And our, our website uh, has articles and, and fashion tips, and it's just a lot of fun. And you can also subscribe to our magazine um, from the website. It's horseandstylemag.com with the and spelled out. And like I said, our new issue just came out yesterday. It's just hitting our mailboxes around the country today. So it's always very exciting for us when we get our new issue out there. And the uh, magazine uh, is only $55 for a one-year subscription, and as you said, it comes out uh, six times a year, right? Six times a year, right, and yeah. you can read it online at any time. And our next issue is going to be pretty exciting. Next week, I head off to Iceland to go riding for two weeks to uh, 
do a story on that. So I've got a real tough job. Oh wow, and, uh, <laughs> Aaron, that's that's a tough gig you got there. <laughs> yeah, tough gig, tough gig. And then I'll I'll stop over in France and go to WAG for the show jumping and do some reporting on that. And then I'll be back in New York for the American Gold Cup and this Central Park Horse Show. So. Well, we're looking for, you know, you have kindly agreed to come on uh, once a month and, and kind of give us updates on your travels and, and what you've seen. Yeah. So we'll we'll definitely catch up with you next month from somewhere in the world. Uh, That's maybe, right. Maybe uh, we'll we'll get a live report from you uh, from you from France from WAG uh, and see yeah. how things are going over there. And and I'm jealous that you get to go. Iceland would be so cool. I've always wanted to do that. I think that'd be neat. Yeah, uh, it, it'll be very, very, very interesting, very exciting. And Can't you're going at a good time of year. This is a good time to go to Iceland. Yeah. Well, from, <laughs> from from what I'm used to in Florida, I don't know. I think it's going to be pretty cold, but I think it'll be fine. Erin, <laughs> you have a terrific time. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I'll look forward to talking to you next month. Easy Signs Online is the official sign company of the Horse Radio Network. This week's product highlight are their personalized nameplates. Perfect for horse stalls, tack rooms, lockers, bedroom doors, dog kennels, or whatever you can think of. Choose from hundreds of online graphics to further customize the nameplates from EasySignsOnline.com. Made from one half inch thick solid PVC signboard, these colorful and unique one-sided nameplates are three and a half inches by 16 inches and are designed for durability, long-term indoor or outdoor use. They are only $39.95 each, and remember, free shipping on most orders over $100. Visit them at EasySignsOnline.com. Coming up next, we have our first Twitter follower highlight. And if uh, regular listeners and listeners to the Stable Scoop show for a long time, I mean, going back years, will remember that we used to do Twitter episodes where we used to get 12 to 14 people uh, uh, that we met on Twitter to come on one episode, and they all had two minutes and 30 seconds to talk. And we used to give them two minutes and 30 seconds to say what they wanted to say, and we cut them off and go to the next one. Um, they were a lot of fun, but a lot of <laughs> they were a lot of work to organize. So we decided that uh, you know every once in a while we're going to do Twitter follower highlights. And today we have a really fun one for the first one. Uh, Jennifer and I from the Horse Tip Daily Show had a chance to catch up with Miles Underwood, who is polo coordinator for the Norf- Norfolk Polo Club in England, and he's going to tell us all about that and what's going on over there with polo in England. Well, hi, Miles. Welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. Thank you very much. It's so good to have you on. Uh, you know, we are do- we're doing a new segment that we're calling the Twitter Follower Highlight, and one of your people had posted this on Twitter. They said, Horse Radio, if you ever come to the UK, you must pop in and see us. We just had a young U.S. polo team visit us, and now you're the polo coordinator for the Norfolk Polo Club. Tell us about the Norfolk Polo Club. Uh, Norfolk Polo Club, we are based probably about... Two hours from London. Um, two along the coast, London. right? Aren't you up along? Yeah, yeah. Right, right by the coast, yeah. yeah. It's about two hours northeast of London. Um, we have around about 40 playing members in the polo club. Um, and we also were affiliated to Langley School uh, Polo Academy, um, who, who played against the visiting American team um, last, last week. So we, we have a number of tournaments 
um, during the season, the biggest of which being the Norfolk Polo Festival, which is um, televised on, on network television um, in the UK and around Europe. And we also have a, a big teaching facility. And, um, yeah, we're, we, we play 12 months a year on the grass in the summer and in the, in the arena in the winter. Oh, wow. And so, wait a minute. You have an actual school for polo? Yeah. Wow. We have a we have a polo school. The, the Langley School is is a big independent school, which is uh, I guess what what you guys would call a call a private school, um, which is maybe five minutes um, from from the polo club, and the kids can actually play polo as as part of their curriculum. As part I want to go to that school. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, a lot of American <laughs> kids now going. What? <laughs> I think mean, it's kids kids from everywhere. Where, you know, we're, we're, we've got kids interested from, you know, Dubai and Germany, and it's, it's a worldwide thing. It's, as far as we know, we think we're definitely the only, the only place in England that offers um, such a thing, and quite, quite possibly the world. So it's, it's a very, very exciting development. So you can actually get credit for, for playing polo? It's basically, uh, you, you don't receive a qualification as such, but a lot of kids um, in England, and I believe, you know, all around the world as well, once they commit very heavily to their polo or, or any equestrian sport, really, whether it's, you know, um, eventing or show jumping or dressage, it, it comes a point where which way do they go? Do they concentrate on their studies or do they carry on with their sport? Right. With this, we, we strongly believe that the kids can carry on with their education whilst you know giving 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 their sport absolutely everything so we do believe there's a balance in that and that's why we're doing it no oh, what a great idea and you uh, so you have 40 active members that's a pretty good size is polo really popular in england it's very popular in england i mean you know despite the economic downturn um over the past few years the sport's really really grown and i think we're up to around about sort of 85 85 clubs in England, and wow. you know we're, we're we're a fairly small island. We've got a population of 65, uh, only 65 million. So 80, 85 clubs for what really is a, fair, a fairly minority sport still is is very impressive. Do you get a lot of spectators? Um, yeah, we get, get a lot of spectators certainly for the big tournaments, uh, for the Norfolk Polo Festival, uh, and also for the big international matches uh, which are played. Uh, closer to London at Guards Polo Club, um, they get some sort of twenty or thirty thousand spectators to that. You know, it's it's comparable to you know what you have going on at Palm Beach. Right. Okay. And do you uh, do, do they do it the same way where you get to back your car up and tailgate and the whole thing? Absolutely, tailgating, big thing. You know, um, everybody sort of has, you know has a picnic, has a beer. You know, just just enjoys it. It's it's a wonderful way to to spend a summer afternoon. Now, my, I have a question. In polo in the UK, are there different levels of clubs? Like most sports that are paid, played professionally, you have the A teams or yeah. the professional teams, then you have the semi-professional teams. Is it like that with polo as well? Um, in, in England, polo is uh, obviously at the very, very top level. Um, let's say uh, we have like a patron system, what you call a patron um, system in the States, in the fact that you've got one guy... Um, who is essentially paying for the team, and he will then pay professionals to to, to play with him. So, in ter- in sporting terms, it's fairly unique um, in terms of the fact that you know you can you can pay to play uh, with 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 the world's best. So you've got a, a variety of abilities on the field in youth polo, um, young young persons polo. Uh, that is uh, very much sort of merit based. 
um, you know, based on team selections and all the rest of it, uh, much as you know internationals are. But uh, rather like America, um, all of our tournaments have what you call a handicap limit. Each player has a handicap from minus two up to ten. Uh, unlike in golf, in polo, the higher you are, the better you are. Um, and each tournament has a handicap limit. So a patron um, will sort of look at that that tournament and say, okay, well, this tournament's got a 12-goal limit, and he will then hire guys to play with him to make it up to 12 goals. So if if you're a minus two, that means when I'm on your – if I'm a minus two, that means when I'm on your team, you're very likely to lose two points by my presence. No, I mean, it's (laughs) – I couldn't possibly say that. Um, That's pretty accurate, actually. Well, it's – I mean, the the goal – the term goals, you know, minus two goals, five goals, six goals, seven goals, eight goals, nine goals, ten goals, it's not an indication of how many goals you're going to score during the match. It's just a generic term um, that, that, that rates the player. No, so, if Jennifer was on your team, you would lose two goals. Yes. So that's what she's trying to say. That's <laughs> Only what... two? Well, that's, 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 <laughs> it, 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 could, it could be a lot worse, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Miles, how does, you know, when some, I think a lot of people are intimidated to get started in polo. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it looks fun to every, you know, horse kid out there. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people are intimidated, one, because they think they need 85 horses to do it. Yeah. And, and two, because, you know, I think... I think it's just one of those sports that you look at and go, I couldn't possibly get involved. There, you know, well, h- Glenn, how would I do that? It. And you're yeah. an American. The only people you see playing polo are supermodels and royalty. When yeah, that's true. So I mean, it's a little I think intimidating. That's part, but there are local clubs. <laughs> I mean, I, just I like say, I, I yeah. don't think I don't think that's that's true, is it? I mean, obviously, you got people like Matt LeBlanc and you know Sylvester Stallone and you know those guys playing, and obviously, it does give the give the sports you know a bit of. <laughs> I think people quite enjoy the fact that it's a bit it's a bit elitist and all the rest of it. However, having said that, we strongly believe, and it's a personal belief of mine, that rather like any sport, it's a sport that can be enjoyed at any at any level. So, for example, people can come and have a lesson um, here at Norfolk for like seventy quid um, for an hour. Anyone can come and get involved, even if you're a, a fairly, even if you're not the greatest rider in the world. We can get you on a horse. You can learn to play. Um, so seventy quid, what's that in dollars? I don't know, one hundred and ten bucks or something. Um, so it, it is, it is fairly accessible, and you know, rather like you know, motor racing. Not everybody's racing, you know, Formula One cars on a weekend and spending millions and millions. You've got, you know, guys who are, you know, racing, you know, production saloon cars, you know, around around small dirt ovals or whatever. So it, it, it's, it, it is something that you know can be enjoyed. I think at all levels, and it, and it is. I passionately believe it's a game that every, everyone can enjoy. Now, uh, you said uh, that, or actually in the tweet, they said that uh, you had a visit from a young USA polo team. Tell us about that. We did indeed. Um, the Polo Training Foundation, um, which is run by uh, two guys called Danny and Janet, um, brought uh, a United States team over to England uh, last week for a four-match tour. Um, we were absolutely honoured to have these guys here um, because one of our young kids, Charlie Townsend, who's the son of Chris Townsend, who, who owns and who, who owns the Norfolk Polo Club, um, he was very fortunate to be invited to play in Palm Beach last winter. Um, so, as a sort of reciprocal arrangement, Chris said, "Look, why don't, why don't you guys come and play at Norfolk?" Um, so we we put a we put up a team against them. We ran a day of of, of training for them on the Monday. Um, and um, they, they played a match against the Langham School Polo Academy on, on, the, on, on, on the Tuesday. Um, 
the kids were very, very polite, very respectful, great fun to have around, and um, you know did, did did themselves you know absolute credit and just unluckily losing um, by 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 one goal on the Tuesday, five goals to four. Wait a minute. Who unluckily lost? You or us? The Americans. Yeah. Uh, okay. Bad luck. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Hey, that's been happening a lot in all the disciplines lately. So uh. <laughs> not only are you guys kicking butt in jumping and dressage and eventing, now we got a polo to the list. <laughs> well, I, th- I think, you know, the, the, obviously the Westchester Cup is, is, the, is the biggest polo event, you know, between England and the, uh, and, and the USA and what have you, and um, I think I, th- I think we I think we won the last one of that. But it's I think it's it, uh, England USA. It's a wonderful sporting rivalry that sort of you know goes back goes back generations, and I think it's it's all rather good natured these days, and it's something that we all enjoy. I think. I was I always wondered why the uh, why we didn't see polo in like the World Equestrian Games. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, it, it used to be in the Olympics, didn't it? Years and years and years it ago. Did yeah, up until yeah. 1936. Um, yeah. I think it made five appearances in the Olympics from sort of 1900 up to up to 36. But obviously after uh, after the war, it, it, it had it hadn't featured since. There, I know there there were moves afoot. There are moves afoot. I think you know um, to get the sport recognised by the IOC. Um, the problem with it is that if every country in the world fielded a team on merit, yeah. uh, they, it wouldn't be a level playing field because you've got Argentina who'd be able to fit, you know field probably maybe two two forty goal teams. I think that the, the highest handicap team in England we'd be able to field would be about twenty eight. Um, that they would have the World Championships in polo are limited to fourteen goals. If it was in the Olympics, it would probably have to be you know reduced to fourteen goals, but. I think you know the Olympics is is all about you know the, the absolute elite of sport. Is 14 gold polo elite? Probably not. So would it be the right thing? I'm I'm, I'm not sure. In terms of the World Equestrian Games as well, um, potentially not. I I I I, I don't know. Personally, it, it it would it would be nice to see it in WEG. Um, and and, it, and, it, and I, I definitely agree. Yes, it would be nice to see polo a little bit more integrated with with other with other equestrian sport. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. It's so good to meet you guys and uh, every everybody in America now that's listening is going. Darn, there's a school for that. So they're still stuck on that first thing. I guarantee you <laughs> that all the teenage girls listening right now are going. I could go to school and play polo. Exactly. So, come to uh, come to come to Lang- <laughs> Sign up for Langley School, and then when you sign up at Langley School, sign up for the polo, and uh, yeah. Okay. Learn le- 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 lots and have fun. Perfect. Uh, what's the website there, Miles? The website here is www.norfolkpolo.co.uk. On that website, you'll find a link uh, to the Langley School Polo Academy um, and all the rest of it. Any problems uh, or or any questions, indeed, people can can email me, um, miles at norfolkpolo.co.uk. Um, we're also on Facebook and obviously Twitter. You've, you've mentioned, um, but yeah, that'd be it'd be, be great to hear from hear from people stateside. Thank you, Miles. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. One of the reasons that Mini Sarah's here today is she is one of our high-level auditors. Thank you so much for that, Sarah. <laughs> we really appreciate your support.
I love it. It's it's a lot of fun so far. <laughs> well, you know, and one of the benefits of being an auditor is occasionally you get to co-host a show. So, uh, you know, that is one of the reasons I asked you is that you're one of our auditors and, and we're going to be reaching out to other auditors to come on and if they want to and to co-host and fill in for our other co-hosts at times. So I, I, I'm so excited that uh, you were able to do this today with us. We really appreciate that. Me too. I It's something you don't get to do every day and you get a little excited, that's for sure. Well, now auditors get to do other things too. They're doing book reviews for us. We send, we get tons of books in here. And a matter of fact, I have another email going out to the auditors today of a bunch of more books that need reviewed. And we started doing those reviews here in the last couple of weeks. So they get free books to review. And then after we go to Ada, we're going to have products that need reviewed. We'll be sending out to our auditors. So we're really trying to get the auditors involved that way as well. Uh, they have their own Facebook page that they get together and chat on. So all of these things you can do for as little as a dollar a month by becoming an auditor of the Horse Radio Network. You don't have to. We appreciate you listening. There's no obligation to become an auditor. Uh, but if you would like to help support the programming here in your own way, you can do that just by going to stablescoop.com and clicking on the banner in the middle of the page. And again, thank you, Minnie Sarah, and all our auditors for their support. Now, so next up is a friend of the Horse Radio Network. His name is Todd Branson. He's Director of Youth Development at the American Quarter Horse Association, the Youth Association. And he is coming to us live from the AQYH, the AQHYA, I always mess it up, the AQYHA World Show in Oklahoma City. Well, hi, Todd. Welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Now, Todd is coming to us live from the American Quarter Horse Youth Association World Show in Oklahoma City. And uh, so, you know, and you're just there. It's getting set up today. They're moving in, right? And it starts tomorrow? That is correct. Yes. yes. Yesterday and today are move-in days. And then we start off at the weekend. All of the halter, halter classes go throughout the weekend. And then we've got a ton of special events to keep these kids engaged, energized, and have a lot of fun here in Oklahoma City. Now, we're, you're talking kids. What ages are we looking at? You know, the youngest exhibitor this year is nine years old. And members of HQHYA go all the way up to age 19 based on their age of the calendar year. Of course, you know, it's all based off of, you know, horses are born January 1st, regardless of when they're born. So, Kids who are 18 January 1st and turn 19 this summer still have an opportunity to show. So, yeah, there's a, a young one, and uh, some of the older leaders of our youth association are participating at the show. So when the kids walk in, you check their lip tattoos to make sure they're not too old? <laughs> <laughs> we trust mom and dad. <laughs> now tell me, um, do, do the 9-year-olds compete against the 19-year-olds in the classes? You know, we do. Um, all of these uh, classes are all age, and so we do have uh, some different award types that reward kids who are younger and newer in classes. But, but yes, children who are ages 9 compete with the 19-year-olds, and I think that, I need to tell you, they're pretty dang tough. So don't let age scare you. <laughs> and I looked at the schedule. You have all kinds of classes, and I, I know that uh, you were uh, predicting around 2,500 entries. That's a lot of kids and a lot of horses. Um, but you're t we're talking all kinds of things. 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, anything that you love about horses, you'll find in Oklahoma City between tomorrow and August 9th. Our largest classes, uh, horsemanship, has 192 entries. Whoa. Showmanship has 190 entries. Trail has 161 entries. And then, uh, you know, rounding up the top five, Huntsy at Equitation has 153, and Reining has 139. Whoa. So uh, those are the top five classes, but we have everything from English to jumping to roping to Western to halter. You know, I think that's one of the misconceptions, and Sarah would probably agree with this, that when you think of AQHA, you think Western, you know. Um, but yet there's, the, you know, there's a ton of people who ride their quarter horses English and do all kinds of things with quarter horses. That's, that's true. You know, the American quarter horse is idolized being the horse that helps settle the West. And so when you think of the American quarter horse, you think of... John Wayne and Roy Rogers and some of those iconic cowboys, but the American Quarter Horse is, in fact, one of the most versatile horses on the planet and can do a tremendous number of different things, anything from jumping to, you know, sliding in the reining classes. They are also an iconic animal when you look at the halter horses and, and the way the horse is displayed in those events as well as, the, as your Western and then your traditional English classes. The horse is just tremendously versatile. So, you know, the takeaway there isn't just the versatility of the horse, but the tremendous amount of opportunities this horse gives to kids, regardless of their background, upbringing, or interest. Now, um, Sarah and I are both drivers. Is there, is there any driving? There certainly is. Is there? Okay, I, was, I wasn't sure. Uh, there is. I've actually not... seen a few quarter horses driving lately. They're, uh, they're starting their own class in New Mexico for the mounted shooting with the cart shooting with a quarter horse. I've seen that, too. I know that is very new. But, yeah, absolutely right. You know, the, and the, the diving classes are more for the adults than they are for the kids. But, uh, but the American Quarter Horse is displayed in driving. We actually have two other world championship shows coming up this fall. One, the last week of, um, of July in... Amarillo, Texas, and then, of course, we're back in Oklahoma City in November for the World Championship Show. There you can see the, the, the cart classes or the driving classes. What kind of fun activities do you have for the kids? Obviously, they're there, they do their class, and they're, you know, that's over in 15 minutes. And other than taking care of the horses, what else do they have to do all day? For, for This thing goes on for a while, so... Um, it does. It, it does. It goes on, like I said, it, it's a 10-day horse show. Uh, there's take away all of the, the the kids who are coming together to see their friends and all of those fun activities. We do have partnerships in Oklahoma City, and so if there's a nice warm day and they're not showing their horses just chilling in the barn, they can go to Whitewater, which is a water park here in Oklahoma City. We also encourage our youth to um, emerge as leaders in and out of the arena. So we have uh, speech and demonstration contests, we have a judging contest that takes place on Monday. We also want to see these future leaders excel by using the horse. So we have a college fair that takes place uh, on Monday and Tuesday. We also have fun pin exchanges. We, have, we encourage each state affiliate to create their own lapel pin about their state. And we have a pin exchange one afternoon with a fashion show and slushies and all kinds of fun stuff like that. We also utilize our professionals and we bring our professionals in to do what we call ride the rail and ride the pattern. And basically what it is, it's an opportunity for our, our youth 
to interact with our professionals in a in an environment where they can actually learn how to do better in different classes and different events. And you can also audit in from the uh, the side of the arena, ask questions. But it's really it's a it's a how to session that teaches more about um, horses and horse horse classes and how to train your horse better. And then we've also added, last year was the first year, speaking of fun for our, our youth, we added a freestyle competition. And this year, we have freestyle in horsemanship and showmanship. So it's not the reigning freestyle that you see from NRHA in the, in the fall. This is kids actually doing their own horsemanship and their own showmanship patterns to music and in their own costumes. So there's a lot of fun here. And, and the camaraderie just tickles me to death every year you know we could come out here and not have a horse show and still have a blast all together it's just it's a horse kids are a very different breed of youth and it's just neat to see the future leaders of the equine industry emerge at this event can people watch this is there a live uh, feed from there there is yeah we have a, a live feed if you go to aqha.com slash youth world You'll see a link there. It's um, being produced by Mustang Productions, and a live feed is being presented by iEquine. So they're probably two very familiar terms into the horse industry. We're excited to have them there this year. So, so yeah, we um, we do have a live feed. Also, uh, I, I wanted to just just to just to tickle our feathers a little bit. Um, we have 42 states and kids from Australia, Brazil, Canada, Germany, Israel, Luxembourg, New Zealand, and Venezuela here. So wow. this truly is on a world stage. And so to have the opportunity to view this on a webcast anywhere on the planet is tremendous. These kids are just truly phenomenal. Well, I'd sure like to know a little bit about this. TakeMeWriting.com. I love this website. It's it's eye popping. <laughs> <laughs> well, it it um, was not done overnight. This has been a project of AQHA for the last two years. It is no secret that since 2007, not just the Quarter Horse Association, but the horse industry as a whole, has been in a steady decline, and the average age of participation is increasingly older. So we have been on a very aggressive research project to see how kids are interacting with interests and what they're doing and where the horse industry as a whole isn't fulfilling that promise. And that's where Take Me Riding came from. Take Me Riding is, uh, it, it serves a couple purposes. One, we know, based off of the research, that what used to be 20 and 30 hours a week of free playtime that children have is now, which includes outdoor activity, is now today five hours. Five hours a week, kids actually participate in outside physical activity. Wow. The rest of the time is reading books. It's, it's engaging. It's educational, but it's through technology. And the horse industry just has not kept up with those times and that speed. So that's one thing I think you can probably see um, outside of the beauty of picnic riding is that it is a very direct approach at placing horses in front of the next generation of the horse industry in a very educational yet fun and engaging manner to showcase how easy it is to find horse activities as well as how horses can easily be placed in a child's life. 
I love how you have, and, and, and Sarah, I'm sure you, you, you got a chance to watch them too. I love how you have the kids doing their own sort of little video podcasts. Um, and and it, it's a great idea. And you found some really good kids. We did. You know, that was another thing of the research that I, it was a huge undertaking, but is so fulfilling to see it come to see it completed. We found that more kids are engaging in that type of environment on digital devices. They, they're looking at more videos. Unfortunately today, they're YouTube self-placed videos and yeah. what we attempted to create was a video platform that had kids who were experiencing the same issues and tribulations that kids experience in real life today, but how the horse helps them overcome it, whether it's courage, you know, being, being um, courage, building courage, or overcoming that list, overcoming the, the chores that you need to do, and, the, and learning the responsibility and learning why it's important to be responsible. So I, I really enjoyed this because it not when we first started doing this, we, we were told you need to have videos of kids on rain horses or videos of kids riding carts. And what we found is that, well, it to them, it's a unicorn and a My Little Pony. So how does the unicorn and the My Little Pony help them in their everyday troubles that they have in their sweet five- to nine-year-old minds? And that's what this video series as it, in, it, it develops throughout this next year, serves to, to accomplish. Hmm. I absolutely love that. And I love how you take overcoming things, because it, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very big deal for any age to overcome certain things. And I do think that horses definitely step it up in that area. And I love that it's easy to access. It's, you know, it's not, it, it's not inappropriate in any means. And it sticks right to the topic that it needs to stick to. I, I think you guys have done an absolute wonderful job on this website. There's even a place for parents and teachers. It, it's it's a good resource, I think, for anyone in any discipline or any child that just dreams about horses. That's what that – you just defined – you need to become a marketing person. You just defined <laughs> sticky writing. That that is that is our sole premise and sole goal is to have something that is all horses, all breeds. It is not just the American Quarter Horse. It is showing how the horse can be involved in any walk of life. One no, of you, well, you have things, Pony Club involved here, CHA, the Certified Horsemanship yeah. Association. I mean, it's it's not. You're right. It's not just quarter horses here. It is not just quarter horses, and it, it'll be growing throughout the summer and the fall. But and that's what I was going to point out. Not anywhere in the horse industry has there ever been a geolocation map of horse events, locations, trainers, riding centers, and birthplaces of famous horses where you can actually see it on your mobile device as you're traveling somewhere on vacation. The locations even include dune branches, county 4-H extension offices. The real purpose here is to truly show the accessibility and the availability of horses. And a part of our research, too, most people say, well, it's easier for my kid to find piano lessons than it is horse riding lessons. By looking at our horse finder and our map, you can see that's not true. And two, 
most piano lessons are around $50, and most certified horsemen will give you a riding lesson for 35 It becomes a resource for adults, too, because there's no other place you can use that uh, that map, that geolocation map to find events um, in, in one place, so it becomes a resource for adults, too. You know, I, it, let's give the website again. It's takemeriding.com. Well, let's, uh, let's let you go. I know you have a show to plan and prepare for, and you're going to be a little busy <laughs> over the next 10 days. Thank you so much for taking time out to share this with everybody. It's, uh, you, you can uh, find it at takemeriding.com. Check it out, adult or kid, doesn't matter. Anybody can check this out. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. I appreciate it. This Tack and Habit segment is brought to you by ridingwarehouse.com. Well, this week, uh, Tack and Habit segment, uh, Mini Sarah picked the product, and it's something a little bit different. We've never done, we don't do this type of product too often. And I want to say right up at the top here that we are not giving you any advice as far as how to feed your horse or the nutrition involved with your horse. You need to seek uh, help with that from a healthcare professional or your vet. So we're just talking about stuff that we like that has worked for us and our horses. So, Mini Sarah, what do you got? I have Top of the Rockies Mini Cubes. These hay cubes are absolutely amazing. They're, they come in both full-size and mini, which for any miniature owner, that's always a struggle is to find good mini cubes that help with the digestive system that they're not going to choke on. It's always a worry all across the board. It doesn't matter what style of driving or riding you do with your mini. It's always a concern. But Manzanola Feed here in Colorado has been wonderful with the mini cubes that they allow us to use. And so far, as far as, you know, energy and weight, it's been a lifesaver. In Colorado, we get winds of up to 75 miles an hour. And when you have a compressed bale, sometimes you're not sure how much your horse is eating and how much is going into your neighbor's yard. <laughs> With these take cubes, it's a little easier to keep track. You can weigh them out. And they seem to really enjoy the hay cubes, whether it's regular feeding or just for a treat. And I don't know about you guys out there in Colorado, but here in Florida, alfalfa hay is running right now from 15 to $25 a bale, a small bale. Yeah, we, we've got that same problem here. I guess that uh, economic problem goes everywhere, too, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it's just... it. it it's very cost prohibitive to to feed uh, baled alfalfa, and so we actually did the same thing. We went with the mini alfalfa cubes, and you know we don't feed a lot. Our horses are pretty fat. Even my my uh, my rescue horse Scooter is now a fatty. <laughs> he has to wear a muzzle part of the day. So, but you know, so we use it, and we actually do you soak them? Um, ours, for whatever reason, we don't need them soaked. They're they're pretty good on their own. Uh, I know quite a few people who do, especially for horses with respiratory problems or maybe some dental work that didn't go as well as planned. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or lack of dental work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, we actually soak ours, so it really becomes kind of mush. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and then we'll put their supplements and stuff in that uh, when, we, when we feed them that. Uh, the other thing that we found is here in Florida, it's very hot, very humid. I mean, we've been hitting almost 100 degrees with 100% humidity every day. Ooh. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's just like you walk outside and the air just goes, oh. But um, one of the things we found is with the normal, like, pelleted tr horse treats, the peppermint snacks and those kind of things, uh, they mold yeah. very quickly. 
So that is very true. Yeah. And, you know, even the pelleted ones get moldy very quickly here in Florida because of the humidity and if you keep them outside. So what we did is we started using the mini alfalfa treats, even breaking them in half, even the mini ones breaking them in half, and using them as treats. And the horses love them. It works great for treats, and they keep forever. We don't have that molding problem with them. Yeah, we, we don't have that problem either. It's It's very nice to have something that you can just break in half, use real quick, and it's not going to completely throw your horse off his diet or make him absolutely crazy because he knows there's something good in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, and I know the ones we use, and I think that the ones you're talking about, what company was that again? Manzanola Feed Company. And, you know, that's pretty regional to the to Colorado in that area? That is correct. There's Manzanola, Colorado, right out here near Pueblo West. It's a small little town, but they're uh, they're they're pretty regional. But they do they do ship things where they need to go. <laughs> Manzanola feeds. We'll put that in our show notes too. But you can find it anywhere you live if you go to your feed store and just ask for alfalfa mini cubes. You'll have uh, there'll be a company that's making them now. One of the things I know with Manzanola that they that they guarantee is that there's not going to be any weeds or you know that it's going to be the 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 they're certified we read free cubes um it, you know are available on request and ours the we get our weed free so um yeah yeah do you get the we, weed we free do that ones? the same way yeah. we do and it seems to work out a lot better there's a lot less uh fighting with the horse about eating that particular cube yeah. <laughs> when it's the weed free it's it's all pretty much the same stuff and it doesn't matter if it's our miniature horse or our full-size horses. They they seem to react to it and enjoy eating it a little more than something that's possibly going to stick them or just doesn't taste right. This Tack and Habit segment was brought to you by RidingWarehouse.com, your one-stop online tack shop. A huge selection of your favorite products and brands, but also including really unique and hard-to-find items like knee patch and full-seat riding jeans with cargo pockets, rigging converters, and a wide variety of bitless bridles. Listeners of the Horse Radio Network can use the coupon code RADIO for 15% off their order this month only, plus free shipping over $50 or $5 for second-day air, and a return policy like no other in the business and that is free returns for one year both ways. You can find it all at ridingwarehouse.com. Give them a chance and save 15%. Use the coupon code RADIO at checkout. Well, check it out. Thank you for that, uh, Mini Sarah. Everything's mini today. We got your mini. We got your <laughs> mini cubes. We got mini Sarah. We got we we're, we're talking about kids. I mean, everything's mini today. Um, everything's better in miniature. <laughs> <laughs> Good line, Sarah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, everybody. Sarah, do you have a website? I do. It's wildwestminisrodeo.com. Wildwestminisrodeo.com. If you want to learn more about Sarah, we'll also put a link to it in our show notes today for today's Stable Scoop episode. Thank you so much for helping out. And Helena thanks you, too. Well, I'd love to meet her someday so that uh, 
we can joke about the good times with Clay. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I, she'll be joking, all right. Uh, <laughs> I also wanted to mention that we have set a date for our anniversary party. We're going to be doing a live anniversary party, and everybody's invited. We're going to do it uh, on Blog Talk Radio like we do our live morning show, Horses in the Morning. And we're inviting everybody to call in. It's just going to be Helene and I are going to get it started. All the other hosts are going to be calling and checking in. And we are doing it August the 20th at 7 o'clock Eastern time in the evening. August the 20th at uh, 7 Eastern in the evening. And as I said, Helene and I will just be here with our alcoholic beverages in hand. And we encourage all of our past guests, all of our listeners, all of our auditors, all of our fellow hosts to call in. We have no agenda. It's just going to be a party, us talking to people and having fun. And, and it's our sixth year anniversary, over 3,500 episodes. Wow. With almost that's, five. That's amazing. That's, that's a big step there. <laughs> almost 5,000 guests uh, that we've had on the show. Wow. So we're going to be just having a good time. And I hope you'll call Minnie, Sarah. Give us a call that it night. It sounds like a party I couldn't miss. <laughs> <laughs> so we encourage everybody to join us that day. It should be a lot of fun. And then we'll, we'll, we'll take that episode and uh, put it out over all the shows and, and uh, share it with everybody. And listen on the phone. I don't know if you listen that way, Mini Sarah, but uh, our app is probably the best way to listen. Just go to the iOS or Android app store and search for Horse Radio Network. It's simple. It's free. It's easy to use. It's probably the best way to listen to all 10 of our shows. Uh, and you can find our show notes for Stable Scoop at StableScoop.com and all of our past episodes over there as well. We want to thank our sponsors Today we had RidingWarehouse.com, Kentucky Performance Products, and EasySignsOnline.com. Thank you, Minnie Sarah. Do you know how to end the show? I sure do. Well, Glenn, I think that's plenty, but there will be more next week. 